the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Final hour of the week. Congratulations on getting to your weekend. Hope you have big plans. A couple friends of mine do. They're going to see a family member who lives a little bit of a distance away. They say they're heading out of town right now, so uh, I'll say hi to them. They know who uh, I'm talking about. And we have today a meeting of the... Ohio Republican Party, they may endorse Mike DeWine for governor. Big surprise, right? An incumbent governor, of course, he's going to get the endorsement, although they have endorsed Jim Renacci before. But when they endorsed Jim Renacci before, uh, it was because he was running for U.S. Senate against Sherrod Brown. And you wouldn't be much of an Ohio Republican Party if you didn't pick a dog in that race. But picking DeWine right now, is it the right thing to do? Should parties endorse in advance of primaries? Primaries are when you run against people of your party, and that is when the constituents of your party affiliation pick who they want to be their candidate. Now, you can say, well, it's kind of self-evident after a primary that the party would endorse its own candidate. It wouldn't have much weight, Bruce. And I get that, but I also think that there's an unseemly part of picking favorites and trying to tilt the outcome where the party leadership wants it to go in advance of letting the constituents determine the direction that it should go. So I'm really not a fan of a party picking someone in a contested field of candidates unless there's a specific and compelling reason to pick someone. For instance... Out in Wyoming right now, Liz Cheney is running for re-election to the U.S. Congress. Everybody knows Liz Cheney has angered a lot of Republican voters out there. Should the Republican Party of Wyoming pick Liz Cheney or pick her competitor who Kevin McCarthy, the House minority leader, has endorsed? I don't think the Republican Party of the state of Wyoming should pick in that. I think they should let the people pick. And I would say here, I doubt the Ohio Republican Party is going to pick someone to endorse in advance of the May primary for senator because the field is too competitive with Mike Gibbons, with Jane Timken, with Josh Mandel, with J.D. Vance, and yes, with Matt Dolan. And Matt Dolan has gotten the Ohio Franklin. He's gotten the Franklin County Republican Party endorsement, which I've said to you before is absolutely egregious and tells you everything you need to know about why the Franklin the Republican Party in Franklin County, is non-existent. They don't even run candidates 
in most of the races. And the judges that they've elected in the past on the Republican side of the ticket have now beaten a hasty retreat to the Democratic side of the ticket because they know they can't get elected if they have an R next to their name. So DeWine is going to get the endorsement, and Renee Say is mad about it, and I would be mad about it too. And what I like about the candidacy of Joe Blystone is he's not even seeking it. I think Joe Blystone is the only one in a race who understands that the party leadership picking you is not necessarily a good thing with the constituents of the party. And then when you look and see how this meeting is being conducted today in Delaware, it doubles down on the fact that I think these people in charge of the Ohio Republican Party don't get it and don't get that they don't get it. Guess who's not allowed at this meeting today? You! You are not allowed. You are a Republican voter. You are a part of the public. You are a constituent. You are someone they would love to get a donation from to support their party. But when it comes to them deciding who they're going to endorse in the race for governor, you are not allowed in the room. Why? Well, they're not going to say this, but because they don't feel safe around you. You must be an insurrectionist. You probably came straight from the Capitol and waited outside the door since January the 6th, 2021, to barge your way into the Ohio Republican Party meeting to endorse for governor, and you're going to be disruptive. Oh, wow, disruptive. We can't do disruptive anymore, can we? Listen to this quote from Justin Biss in an email to me, you, and other members of the Ohio Republican Party. There are serious public safety concerns. Bet not. Maybe you have concerns. They're not legitimate. I don't care if they're serious because you are the arbiter of serious. And I don't believe you, Justin Biss. There are serious public safety concerns. At the December meeting, several people received a lawful order from Delaware Sheriff's deputies to leave the meeting, and they refused. Public attendees do not have the right to participate in and disrupt our meetings. They don't have the right to participate in your meetings? They don't? I think they should if they don't. So this guy, I think, is exaggerating the public safety concern. He'd like to meet away from scrutiny. And this is why... I have to check myself sometimes when I speak in generalities and talk about, you know, endorsing Republican positions. Because I don't really think that I'm accurately describing what I want to describe when I say that. I'm most often going to endorse a Republican position because it's not going to be as crazy and detached from reality as a Democratic position. But a lot of times the Republicans get this stuff totally wrong I'm bitterly disappointed that Bernie Moreno's campaign didn't catch on with enough people to give him a fair chance to win the primary for Senate. I still think we have some good candidates in that race. I think we have some bad candidates in that race. But you got to admit, other than Joe Blystone in the Republican gubernatorial primary, It is leftovers. 
Now, leftovers are not always bad. Leftovers can be tasty. But the leftovers on the Republican side of the ticket, I mean, Jim Renacci's been in Congress. He's run for Senate. Mike DeWine's held every office known to man other than maybe dog catcher in Cedarville, Ohio. I've said before, I'll say again, DeWine will win the governorship if he gets to the general. I assume now the further we go, he's going to get to the general. Although it would be one of the greatest, (laughs) it would be one of the greatest political upsets and fun elections to tear down and analyze in the aftermath if Joe Blystone won the May primary for governor. I mean, it would, the, the, the general election campaign between Joe Blystone and Nan Whaley would be a humdinger because Nan Whaley is woke, gun control, full-bore Democrat, and Joe Blystone is cowboy hat-wearing, gray-beard, man-of-the-people, everyman. That would be high theater, but we won't get it. We'll get, I'm pretty sure, we'll get DeWine and Nan Whaley, and it'll all put us to sleep. And that's kind of what politics does. It puts us to sleep, and we don't pay attention. And when we do want to pay attention and show up and offer our input to a party leadership in the state of Ohio that should want to hear what the public has to say, they shut the doors because they're just too scared to listen to what you have to offer. We've spent a fair amount this week talking about the programming of our kids in schools. A week ago tomorrow, our friend Linda Harvey from Mission America played on her show Saturdays 1 p.m. on 880, our sister station, 880 WRFD. The audio from a seminar taught by Kaleidoscope Youth Center at Hilliard Davidson High School where teachers are encouraged, goaded into affirming kids when they say they are experiencing gender confusion. Uh, I believe this is the cut that I took uh, most issue with from Amanda of Kaleidoscope Youth Center. Is it really gender that's the issue? Or... Is it this challenging idea that, like, I'm telling you that 12-year-olds have this figured out, right? And that we have a responsibility to trust young people when they tell us what their experiences are and they tell us, you know, what their identities are. 12-year-olds have it all figured out. 12-year-olds. And you can say, well, that's crazy. 12-year-olds don't have it all figured out. No, but... If teachers are being told this, and not a single teacher stood up to protest this, not a single teacher stood up and said, uh, by the way, you're nuts. That's not true. They don't have much figured out, if anything figured out. Maybe simple arithmetic, but certainly not their sexuality, not before they undergo puberty, and not for many years after. But nobody stood up. Nobody said a word. And a friend of mine said, How protected are our kids if this is allowed to stand and the teachers just flatline it? 
So in the aftermath of that, I'm reading a poll here, a Gallup poll. So they're not amateurs at the polling business. Listen to this. You think kids are not being groomed, encouraged, goaded into this? Because it's the hip, hot, trendy thing. I have a friend who teaches at a local university. He's like, it's like all over this place. Friend of mine who has kids in a suburban school district says he's got like four friends who last year in the eighth grade were like among his buddies. Now they're like transitioning to girls. See, when you keep asking a kid every day, is there something you'd like to tell me about how you're feeling? Are you are you are you troubled by the fact that maybe you're having gender dysphoria, gender confusion? You keep raising that possibility, and instead of correcting them in their disconnect between their biological reality and their feelings, you're encouraging them to explore, then you're going to get the results of this poll. 21% of Generation Z Americans who have reached adulthood, that's 18 to 25-year-olds, Identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or something other than heterosexual, according to a recent Gallup poll. 21%. That's double the number compared to millennials. Millennials are those in the age group, you know, slightly older than 18 to 25. So if you think the gay lobby, the transgender lobby is not not winning, 4.2% of people born from 1965 to 1980 identify as LGBTQ. The group of people before that, baby boomers, of which I'm one on the tail end, 2.6%. And only less than 1% of people born before 1946 identify as LGBTQ. Now, let me just... Explore this for a second. If the amount of people identifying as LGBTQ, R-S-T-U-V, is doubling, which it is, identifying is doubling for every group, baby boomer to Gen X to Gen Z, millennial, is God getting worse at getting people's sex right? Wouldn't it stand a reason if God is bad at this? If God is making mistakes, creating people as male or female, and then whoops, they were really supposed to be female, not male, supposed to be male, not female. If he was bad at this, wouldn't he have been bad at it a long time ago? Since the beginning? Since Adam and Eve. And he wouldn't be like getting worse at. Don't you generally improve at things if you're making mistakes at it? You you keep doubling your mistakes as you go. I mean, this is a an inane discussion because you're talking about a sovereign, authoritative, all-knowing God making mistakes, which is why I reject out of hand. The compatibility of an authentic faith view of life and accepting that transgenderism or the LGBTQ movement can be anything other than a repudiation of God.
But if you just look at it from a detached from faith, logical perspective, it makes no sense that the number of people would be identifying double as we keep going. It just makes no sense. No one gets worse at something as they go along and keeps doing it. So it's just stupid. This is why I appreciate people like Linda Harvey, Mission America, her program tomorrow, 1 o'clock, 880 AM WRFD. She has the guts to call this out. And Michelle Tafoya, of, formerly of NBC Sports, said the other night on Tucker Carlson, yeah, I know they're coming after me. Oh, you should see all the hate Michelle Tafoya is getting on social media now because she said, yeah, I'm going to leave my job at NBC and I'm going to advocate for conservative causes. I'm going to advocate to get CRT out of schools. And the wokesters are coming after her. And it takes people like Linda Harvey, like Michelle Tavoya, like so many moms who ran for school board, like so many moms who maybe didn't win but are still fighting, my friends Jen and Lisa. You have to not care about the cost. I saw a woman this morning on Fox, Texas mom running for office, Kids were put, her kids were literally put in closets at the school because they were the only ones who wouldn't wear a mask. In Texas, in Texas. And she said, I got to fight because if I don't, I don't get to sit this battle out. No, you don't. You don't get to sit the battle out. And if you're troubled that the percentage of people identifying as LGBTQ keep doubling, and you're not going to stand up in a seminar and say, this is nonsense. If you're not going to push back in some way, shape, or form, I'm not going to say that you're in favor of it. I'm just going to say you can't be surprised when it continues to double. Because it will continue to double. That's why I have so much admiration for the Canadian truckers. They got to a point where they said, this far, no farther. This far, no farther. Now, what that will mean, because the tyrants in Canada are putting them in jail, threatening to take their kids away, their pets away, their bank accounts away, their money away. But it does require courage to stand there and say, this far, no farther. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.